And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Underpaid, Underqualified podcast show with your host, John Vince. Hello. What's up? How's it going? And I don't know where I'm going to go with this anymore. How's your week? I think that podcast intro is really strong. I was feeling it. And then uh, if you hadn't called yourself out, I would have been like, all right, I think that's our best intro ever, including my own. Yeah, no, I kind of just paused and was like, that went really well. <laughs> I started out strong. I don't know what else to say after this. Yeah, you just said everything that needed to be said in the first couple seconds. Um, yeah, how am I doing? Uh, doing pretty good. I don't know. Week's going by fast. Um, binging so much fucking TV. My God, dude. I have a long list of shows that I'm trying to binge over like before the year's over. And there's going to be a lot of sitting on my ass and looking at a TV screen for the rest of the year if it all goes well. <laughs> Wait, what shows have you watched? Just a highlight. I swear to our listeners, we won't go into detail every single one. Ah, we probably will. Let's be real. Um, I actually wrote a list. I came prepared, but uh, I'll just go through them really fast. But I'm trying to basically just watch like the like show, like culture. I just want to be like culturally caught up with like what people consider like the essential shows to check out. You know, you want to be like a well-rounded person who's seen all the classics. So I've been watching a lot of British TV. So uh, a show called The Thick of It. Have you heard of it? Dude, you said British TV. The only thing I know is like Doctor Who and Peaky Blinders. <laughs> and okay, yeah. Downtown Abbey. You're probably not going to know any of these, but I'll go through them quickly. So the thick of it is, uh, do you know the show Veep? Yes. It's basically British Veep with the Scottish guy instead of Julia Louis-Dreyfus who just screams and curses the whole time. Honestly, I had no fucking clue what was happening during any of the episodes, but the Scottish guy cursing and screaming all the time made it really entertaining. <laughs> so finish that show. Uh, another British show called Black Books. It's about a guy who owns a bookstore and just uh, owns it, just, just, an idiot like really gross and is an a-hole to everybody pretty funny um another british show called the trip it's kind of like comedians and cars getting coffee meets um uh fuck what's a good example oh geez i had an example oh uh, parts unknown so it's kind of like these two guys go traveling but they're comedians and they just do impressions the whole time um flight of the concords you know them right no you don't know Flight of the Concords? Oh, my no. God. I'm so surprised. Well, uh, they're basically two New Zealand comedians just do a sketch show. Uh, I was going to watch The Office, the British version, because I'm a hipster, apparently. Um, and then the American version of The Office, which I've never seen. So I'm going to binge all 200-something episodes of that. Then uh, What We Do in the Shadows, um, that Vampire uh, Echo. Vampire Diaries? Huh? Vampire Diaries? No, no. It's uh, the Taiko. You ever you never saw that? The Taiko TD movie? Oh, uh, no. It's basically like The Office for vampires. <laughs> like, no. ima yeah, so imagine the, like, the tone of The Office and the style, but, like, with people living in a vampire house as vampires. And there's a show they made, so gonna watch that. Hannibal, um, based on Hannibal Lecter, gonna watch that. Legion, the X-Men show. Uh, 30 Rock, eventually gonna watch that. Then HBO, Deadwood, Six Feet Under, Oz, Justified. Anyways, sorry, those are my entire list of shows I'm gonna watch. Awesome. Yeah. So, oh, recently I forgot to tell you. Okay. I mean, I might have, but I don't remember anymore. But okay. Have you heard the movie Six Underground with Ryan Reynolds? It's on Netflix. It's like his most recent one from December. Yeah. You brought that up, I think, last week. Oh. You said it was really good. Okay. You should watch it. It's great. <laughs> should I do a double feature of that in Extraction? Extraction. Okay. So, Extraction, I really like its fight scenes. I think it, they do it really well. The thing is, I think with um, Six Underground, it was more entertaining. In that sense, I think, uh, okay, so people are probably going to shit on just because it's Michael Bay and there's no plot and it's predictable. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, if you're really watching an action movie for for a novel plot, let's be real. Even John Wick doesn't have a novel plot. Yeah, John Wick, is, John Wick is the most bare bones, like, guy, like, this plot can be reduced to guy that has his dog killed guy goes and kills everyone who killed his dog <laughs> and it's basically just a revenge spree and so when people are like oh my gosh this is great i'm like the only different thing about this is that it's showing you a make-believe world of hitman uh underground stuff outside of that it's just as predictable as any other movie action movie yeah, there's not exactly a twist in John Wick. I mean, the third one, there is a twist in there, I'll say, but I don't want to reveal it. Spoiler uh, spoiler warning. But yeah, for the most part, it's just killing. Yeah, I mean, like, if, if you want to argue that, then yeah, it is like there's a good twist, but we still watch it. Why? It's great. It's fun because we need it. Why is Fast and the Fear still pop out movies? So watch Six Underground. I don't care about your feelings about Michael Bay. Seriously, stuff in a jar, put it away. Y'all haters. <laughs> 
y'all just as much hating as I am. Anyways, watch that. And I started watching, what did I start watching? I've just been deep diving community stuff really. <laughs> did you, uh, you saw the, t- you must've seen the table. Oh yeah. We talked about the table read through, right? Yeah. I donated money, $10. I donated 10 bucks to their thing for, nice. uh, to, to feed the kitchen stuff for frontline workers. And I donated $10 and one cents just to spite you. <laughs> hey, you little bitch. <laughs> no. So it was great. It was amusing. Um, it was great to just see the cast again and everybody really kind of like almost instantly going back to their roles and just the small things like for all the people who haven't seen it go watch it it's just it's just sweet in that manner just a good vibe right it is and i'm gonna go ahead and see how much money they raise and i hope it's a lot more than the last time i saw it (laughs) yeah the uh i think nothing beats pedro pascal reading the semen lines (laughs) it's funny because it made him seem super ill-prepared because he's like this is my first time coming to this line right now and he just loses it the entire time (laughs) yeah i think I think it's great. That's a highlight for me. That's the funniest part. Like, that's basically showing how – I like the fact that he didn't read it because it's basically showing how the average person probably approached community just cracking up at the absurdity of uh, certain parts of it, which is what it's all about. Exactly. And they've only raised close to $120,000, which I'm a little bummed out about, but all right. Yeah, it could be worse. I mean, Community always was kind of like the cult kind of under like underdog show, so I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I don't know. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec had a read through, but did they do charity? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they had more. Um, no, Parks and Rec definitely did have more, and also they were like on a syndicated network, whereas this was on a YouTube thing. Um, and so they they generated a lot more, given who they are. They're much more well known. Yeah. They were in competition. Community was in competition with The Office. Like a lot of the um, stuff that I, I watched with Dan Harmon in his interviews, he's always comparing himself to The Office. He compares uh, to Thirty Rock a lot too, because they came after or like time slot wise, like one was after the other or something. Yeah. Along those lines. He he always said, "What am I? Can, what can I make it? What can I uh, do that's different to separate myself from The Office?" which I don't want to be anyways, to 30 Rock, which is, for some reason, i never seen 30 Rock, but it's apparently a comparison. Yeah, Christine uh, speaks very highly of 30 Rock. Largely, well, not largely, but coincidentally, she, uh, we, we say her celebrity doppelganger is uh, Tina Fey. So. <laughs> like, I think I see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, but she, like, from what I've seen of it, it's pretty funny. She uh, said it's, like, the most joke-dense show. Like, if you look in any, like, comedy sketch show or any basic comedy sitcom, like, 30 Rock, if you probably counted up, like, every single joke, like, 30 Rock might have the most. <laughs> they just, like, cram so many, like, jokes within the show that it's almost exhausting to watch after a certain point. Oh, my gosh. Okay, all right, noted. <laughs> but, uh, or you just miss a lot, like I do. <laughs> but uh, other news about TV movies, uh, a little thing called the Snyder Cut, huh? Huh, Jeff? Yeah, no, so I'm super excited. Proof that God exists that, yeah, no, we're going to get the Snyder Cut. I'm surprised you're so excited about it. We should introduce this for people who don't know. I'm sure a lot of people do, but um, for other people who don't know, uh, Superman, pretty pretty popular character, would you say? Kind of. Yeah. So a uh, guy directed that movie, uh, Zack Snyder. Uh, first one came out, I think it's like the anniversary pretty recently, but uh, not so great reviews, kind of mixed. Um, and uh, it was kind of the start of that whole DC universe that uh, has had mixed kind of momentum throughout the years and eventually justice league was one of the movies kind of like dc's answer to avengers where you have all the main superheroes and uh zach snyder had to leave due to family tragedy that happened joss whedon hopped in uh, and since then there's been this uh mythology and lore around what people call the snyder cut aka what zach snyder would have done with his version of it if he could have gotten everything and it's like way longer than the actual movie and it had like has his version of it and uh i don't know over the past two years it seems like a lot of just like hype and it's been this cult thing everyone wants to see the Snyder Cut and, and uh, now it's actually happening right yeah pretty much that sums it up and so a lot of people were saying like will this ever happen will this ever be was there enough footage what would it ever really happen right and so HBO right now because HBO is trying to do their own stream service because everyone's in that market share marketplace now that this is probably one of their big ticket headlines is getting the Snyder they didn't say Snyder Cut but the Snyder's version of Justice League and yeah. so we'll see what his universe I was being built up to. And to be honest, I've always been a fan of okay, minus Batman versus Superman. 
the all his other movies. You like Man of Steel? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Wow. Damn, I'm so surprised. Usually I feel like the typical trajectories, if I like something a lot, you're like, like, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> and like, like Man of Steel, I just did not vibe on that. I don't know. I mean, the action was good, but I don't know, something like, to me, it felt like they were trying to go for the whole Batman Begins thing, doing this like dark, gritty, realistic, like approach to like his backstory. But like, it's so, it's so interesting. Like if you compare like watching Batman Begins to like Man of Steel, Batman Begins, you really feel like, you know, the character, but Man of Steel, I just felt like I didn't even know like who Superman was by the end. I don't know, personal opinion. I think for me, it's, well, I've always gravitated to dark stuff, and I probably did watch it at an age where I kind of didn't care enough about movie plot. But when I did watch it, all I can think about is it's it's a version of Superman that, yeah, it's different. It's not going to be the typical Boy Scout. And the thing is that I'm not sure at this point, with society as it is, if people are tired of the Boy Scout or they just want to see something different, right? And so that's the thing is that why a lot of people actually don't like heroes like Captain America is because he's unrealistic. He's he's the ideal person. So why like an ideal person when I can watch somebody that I can relate to? Yeah. And so, which is why they did a different portrayal of Superman because Superman is, yeah, he's a person that's out of this world. He's an alien. He's an orphan. But at the end of the day, he's the model person all hope will he's always a symbol of hope and stuff like that and well that's also captain america as well and it's basically in that sense a carbon copy and a lot of people do like captain america because he is the uh true justice the american picket fence whatever bullcrap but i actually don't care about that because I like Deadpool and Wolverine because they're broken characters with mental health issues and they're great and a little bit more relatable than a chiseled jaw person. <laughs> yeah, there's a time and a place. Depends like what you're looking for. It's like sometimes watching the broken characters more interesting. I actually didn't mind the portrayal of Superman. I actually, I mean, I'm not a diehard Superman person either way. I just appreciate a good movie. And I, to me, my lack of knowledge about Superman equated to like his portrayal being like, okay, that seems pretty aligned with what I expected Superman to be. Except, I mean, the spoiler alert, I think it's, I think it's appropriate to say the spoiler after like 10 years of being around, but you know, he kills someone at the end. Um, but that would be the only thing that seemed out of character for me. But um, so yeah, that's the things that a lot, a lot of people are really upset about, which I don't understand why, because when push comes to shove, Superman will kill. And it's been noted that before. And so when people were surprised by that, I'm like, yeah, he's not Batman. (laughs) I mean, Batman will also do the same thing too, where if the only thing he has, he can do to save lives is to kill somebody, he will. And he's definitely done it. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I guess, I guess people like the idea that like, he'll find another way that doesn't involve killing, but I don't know. It's, it's, that was Snack Snyder's vision, and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see the ultimate product with the Snyder Cut, I guess. So, uh, hey, I'm surprised you're so excited for it, but uh, I don't know. I, I like think... the dark, gritty stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I think I just have no faith in Zack Snyder. I've never seen a Zack Snyder film and been, like, blown away and really liked it. Like, whereas, like, you know, the Russo brothers, if, they're, if they have their name on it, I'm probably going to like it no matter what <laughs> at this point. Uh, even you, me, and Dupree. <laughs> Dude, when – um. When people say, oh my gosh, that movie was super dark, I don't know how you can tolerate it. And I'm like, eh, it was okay. Sunshine and Rainbows to me. Man of Steel or uh, Justice League? Just in general, like when people say something dark. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, like, the TV show dark, literally. <laughs> I fucking love that. That's my bread and butter. And some, some might say it's a tad dark. There's only one character I think is dark. Everybody else I don't think is really that dark. On the show Dark? Okay, well, I won't go down that wormhole. Cause... Anyways, moving on. So our actual topic today is stuff that we don't really understand, and for some reason we believe it's overrated, so a lot of you guys might throw stones at us later after this. <laughs> yeah, essentially, I mentioned this to Job, but we previously did like overrated songs, I think, or overrated musicians, overrated bands. So uh, instead of treading down that rabbit hole of just screaming about shit that I don't like and saying how I think Tom Petty's a hack, or I mean – I shouldn't have said Tom Petty. He's dead. <laughs> Rest in peace. Sorry. Uh, Drake is a hack and uh, how I just wasn't a fan of Tom Petty. Instead of saying that, 
Um, we were just thinking, I was thinking more of uh, just stuff we don't understand. Like Josh said, things that are popular that like, it's not a matter of like actively hating it because it's popular or like just because of what it is. We just don't get it. And like, the, like saying that we don't like it, we're like nervous to say in public sometimes just because it's a controversial take with how much people laud something and just love it. So that's how I'm going to approach mine. Um, yeah. So just things we don't understand and controversial opinions that we don't like. Sure, we're going with that. All right. Want to get started, Joe, or you want me to roll All right. it? My first one, we've already talked about this on this show, and I'm going to rehash it again because I still don't understand why people are upset that this thing getting nominated for an Academy Award. And I'm going to say, it was rightly so that it was a nominated for any freaking awards in that award show that I don't remember, Academy Awards. Academy Award and Oscars are the same thing, right? Yes. <laughs> are they called the Golden same? Globes, the other ones. Why is that the same name, but they're so different? Okay, anyway, that's another thing I don't understand. Why are the Academy Awards considered, like, more prestigious than the Golden Globes? That's another question, but (laughs) just to throw that out there. More money. Anyways, no, so, Uncut Gems, that's one. I don't understand. Sure, objectively, (laughs) it's Adam Sandler doing something different. It did pick up your sigh. Um, (laughs) Okay. Objectively, yes, it shows that Adam Sandler can do other stuff than just stupid comedic roles. I agree. I'll concede with that. Is the movie any good? I'm going to say this. It's Okay, so I recently watched a movie called Triple Frontier. It had an amazing cast such as Ben Affleck, the guy who played Poe in Star Wars, and Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, the guy who played the Mandalorian. Pedro Pascal. And Pedro Pascal. I'm getting their ma- names mixed up, obviously. But yeah, so they have these people in there. Great cast. Uh, even my friend messaged me. He's like, yeah, I watched this movie before. I thought it sucked, but I was suckered into it because of how amazing the cast is. And when I saw the cast, I'm like, boom, yeah, great movie. But then the movie became one of those things where it's like the protagonist had a stupid mistake. Like one of those things where it's like, you know, it was just blatantly stupid. All the other characters didn't do anything to do it. And this is a life or death situation. You're in a life or death situation. Same thing with um, Uncut Gems. The entire time, it's the person just purely couldn't handle his instinct that he knows that it's just a, a snowball effect. And the movie just goes from there. And I'm like, all right, cool. He made that mistake. This movie just became extremely predictable. I'm done here. And so... When that movie, Triple Frontier, same with Uncut Gems, when they made that stupid mistake from that point on, I actually stopped watching it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you brought up this one first because I think this will get out of the way the one contention I probably have with your choices or you might have with my choices because I think we already know how I feel about it. I don't, I don't, like, I don't think it's the most amazing movie to come out of last year by any means. I, I think it's a solid movie. I definitely give it an A. But uh, I think – I still think, like, if somebody had – like, if nobody had hyped up that movie to you, you might have enjoyed it, right? Like, if somebody had just said, eh, it's all right, try it out. It's kind of interesting. Adam Sandler's not doing his usual character. Do you I think actually, I actually don't know. Because with Triple Frontier, my friend actually downplayed it. And when I got to the scene where he didn't like it, and I was like, wow, that is a stupid... Actually, no, he didn't even tell me the right... He didn't even tell me the scene. He just said, yeah, about at some point, I just got... I got... I thought the movie became stupid. Hmm. And then... I was watching it and I'm like, wait, is he really doing that? Oh my gosh, he's really doing that. And I started jumping around between the movie. Yeah, no, this this is one of those movies. Crap, crap. I'm done. I'm not going to spend any more time on this. Sorry, phone. <laughs> that was my phone. Real professional here at the uh, underground and underqualified. Absolutely. Yeah, no. So I, I, I before I would say, yeah, if nobody overhyped Uncut Gems, I probably would have enjoyed it. But now looking back on it, I don't know because I probably would still have the same thought process as I do now, or I might have been pleasantly surprised. I can't okay. say for certain. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's, that's a large part of it. I, th- I think the expectation you had, like, because your friends hyping it up so hard is like what caused it. I actually don't know if I have that so much. I've had certain things that have been hyped up to me that I've like seen, but I don't know if my opinion would ever have changed that dramatically. Like I, but it, it, at least in this case, it seems like that expectation you had is like largely what like created that opinion. Like for me, I like the movie because uh, I, I agree. Like it is like there could be like an annoying trope of seeing the same character just repeat dumb mistakes and to the point where it takes you out of the movie. But for me, it was more like this is like the like inside 
the mind of a gambling addict and seeing like the terrible decisions you make as a result of that addiction. Like you keep being almost in the clean, but then you see another possible gamble you could take and then that thrills you and you can't help but like go for it. So to me, it was like the, like inside the mind of a gambling addict. And that's why I was okay with the bad decisions. And like, and I don't know, I, I just like Adam Sandler. So it's cool seeing him like, you know, not do his typical character in a fucking 29% Rotten Tomatoes movie. <laughs> I'm waiting for that terrible movie to come out now. Which one? <laughs> uh, the one he said that if I'm not nominated in the uh, Oscars, I'm going to make a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, that. I think he's, yeah, I think he's already checked that off the list. It's called Daddy's Home. <laughs> or but, no, wait, what was that? No, not Daddy's Home. Ah, fuck. What I was, was like, that? wait, no, that's actually one of the good ones. <laughs> no, that, he wasn't in that. That was Will Ferrell. It was... Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Andy that. Andy Samberg. Andy Sand. You remember that one? Daddy's Boy or something like that? No. Yeah, he. Uh, this plot is he, in high school, knocked up his teacher because she had an affair with like a student, and then uh, later his son is Andy Samberg, and he's just like a terrible dad. It just looks so bad. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, and it's hard because how do you mess up Andy Samberg and Adam Sandler? Just two comedic heavyweights. Like it should be perfect, but no, it was awful. I think it's one of those things where it's like, it, it's better on YouTube, but not better on big screen. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I also didn't see it, so maybe I shouldn't speak. <laughs> it just bad. What's yours? <laughs> All right. Uh, First thing I want to go into. So there's a slogan I hear a lot uh, about TV. You know, TV is uh, on the rise for sure. I think ever since uh, maybe like the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, TV's just been getting better and better on the rise. More shows, more streaming services, more actors kind of gravitating towards TV, longer seasons, et cetera, et cetera. And one platform is kind of credited as starting it, um, a show called The Sopranos. And uh, on The Sopranos, the, it was broadcast on HBO. And HBO has a specific slogan I kind of get annoyed by. It grinds my gears a bit. It's not TV. It's HBO. It's, to me, that phrase is very, like, prestigious and snooty and smug. Just like, oh, yeah, we're better than TV. We have this high-quality caliber that you just have to get on our level. We're a whole nother level of television viewing. And that attitude annoys me a bit. And I think a lot of people like just buy into it sometimes and feel like, okay, this is HBO. It must be amazing. But a lot of the shows I see on HBO, I just don't get it. And like, this is where the confusion comes into play. So shows like the Sopranos, um, Westworld specifically, like other HBO shows, the wire a little bit, like these are general, at least the Sopranos and the wire are generally credited as like, the greatest shows of all time, you know, two of the best, but I swear to God, dudes, with the Sopranos for me, it took until season five for like me to like really being hooked into like what happened. Like the first episode of season five, that was the first moment that I saw something. I was like, Oh shit, that's crazy. Like everything else. I was just like, this is just like really slow, really dry. There's nothing like very compelling. Um, characters aren't that likable the fucking main characters like it's really hard to like him because he's such a douchebag with like women he'll just cheat on his wife every day but then she like looks at another guy and he'll lose his shit and like cut the guy's balls off you know it's just ah, i don't know i just didn't get it um yeah how do you feel about that joe <laughs> i never gone to soprano so i can't say yeah I don't know. Have you have you heard that like attitude at least about like Sopranos and HBO? Everyone says Sopranos is, like the greatest show of all time, and like everybody loves HBO is like this whole new caliber of TV. Um, yes, and I generally do like their content, but then when you bring up the example of Westworld, I think that's one where I can agree with you, where I am a little bit tired of, because we talked about it before, which which is an overdone AI free will thing. Am I really truly alive? Kind of bullcrap. Yeah. You know about that here. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. I do remember that. So I would say I enjoy some of HBO stuff. Wait, uh, Game of Thrones was HBO, right? Yes. For the most part, I enjoy Game of Thrones. Westworld, I'm like, oh, cool. We, we went back to this formula again. Why is this called critically? Uh, um, critically acclaimed. Critically acclaimed, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, same sentiment in that sense. So I would agree. But without watching the show, I can't say for certain if I am on board with the show, right? Okay, that's fair. I remember, I don't know if I ever told you this, but like, you remember when I uh, I started Twitter, what, like six, seven months before you, something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, before I, when I started, I didn't really know anyone that I was like, clicking was super hard, you know, a few people I talked to, but it never like 
I don't know, never started a podcast with any of them. But uh, I remember one thing that really made me feel isolated was everybody fucking loved Westworld and, like, was raving about it every goddamn Monday. Oh, my God, did you see that episode? It was so crazy. And then I watch it, and I'm just like, I just don't get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it, like there's one twist in season one that is pretty goddamn well done that I'll, I'll tip my hat to, but the rest of it, I'm just like, this is so depressing. Every character is super fucking bleak. There's not one like funny, goofy, likable character. And I, I know it's a serious show. So you need those like serious characters, but everyone just so goddamn bleak talking about the future. And I, uh, and so, you know, I don't know. It's, eh, it just kind of added to that feeling of like, I can't relate to anything in this environment. <laughs> Yeah, I only enjoyed the first season where it was a twist. It was exciting, but then it became formulaic again. So yeah. I got over it. Yeah. Um, all right. So my next thing is Stranger Things. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I just don't get why it's so good. And the only thing that people have told me at this point that really overarches why it's good or summarizes why it's good is just because there's children and they make it fun. That's really the only consensus that I'm getting from people when they try to explain to me why they like it so much. Because people are like, oh, once you get to this specific episode, you'll be hooked. You will you will not stop. And when I got to the episode, I'm like, can I stop now? Because <laughs> I'm over it. I don't get what the appeal is. And I don't care if you're into it, but every time when people are like, man, you really should start watching Stranger Things. It's super good. I'm just sitting there like, I did. I got to the part where y'all told me where it gets good. I like stopped. <laughs> Do you think that's another case of people hyping it up though? Do you think like if nobody had like said like, okay, the show's really good. It's like Stephen King re like rejuvenating like TV, or, like Stephen King style. Like if you had just seen it on Netflix, be like, oh, this looks interesting. Do you think you still would have had that same opinion? I think the best thing to do for me is that I need to stumble upon it. So like, for example, uh, my friend has been badgering me to watch community for years and uh -huh. I finally got around to watching community because I was bored one day eating dinner mm -hmm. and I'm absolutely in love with it. And I'm watching all the stupid analysis videos and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the better ways for me to get into something. Yeah. Although dark, I, I pretty much recommend that as hard as I could. <laughs> and you at least didn't hate it. You thought it was like, yeah, it was cool. Right. It was entertaining enough. It kept me busy where it was just like, I'm curious how this plot will develop. And so I kept yeah. following along with it. So like when people compare dark to stranger things, I think, well, one is obviously a lot more darker in that sense. In terms no, of pun <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended there, huh, Joe? <laughs> no pun intended. Cause I'm not about that kind of fuckery, but <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's my opinion on stranger things. I just don't understand why people like it so much. That's fair. So unlike Uncut Gems, I'm a, so I'm, that isn't an opinion that really like, I won't have to do a dramatic sigh for, <laughs> I would have to be, uh. but uh, I actually do really like Stranger Things. I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, I can just explain some reasons why I like it. I mean, I, so with the kids thing, I think that isn't the single draw of the show. I think if I had to say one draw, I think uh, I think it's the like homage to the '80s. A lot of people have nostalgia for it. It's like kind of cool seeing. Oh, I mean, guess I guess that too. Yeah, yeah. It's like cool seeing like that style of Stephen King in a more mainstream show that really hit big. Um, with the kids, I think a big thing is it's hard to be a kid actor and not be annoying as hell. <laughs> At least I think, and I think I like. I liked all the kids and I think for the most part, everyone would agree. They're all pretty likable. Like I don't think like one person's like, Oh, I can't stand Dustin or, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's so hard to not be like the Anakin of episode one. <laughs> I like pod racing, you know, like that type of thing. Um, so I think I was impressed that the kids were like instantly like had good charisma and good chemistry and were likable. And I, uh, the acting was good. I mean, like uh, the guy that played Hopper, um, David, David Harbour and um, uh, the mom, uh, what's that chick's name? <laughs> Joyce Byers. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> well, anyways, you know the chick that played the mom, right? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I thought the acting was really good there. I thought the like the tone of the universe was really unique. I thought the I thought the characters were all really interesting. 
Um, and I thought the mystery was pretty good. Like, what the fuck is happening to this kid? Like, that's the underlying, like, where is he? I don't know. Like, what is this world he's in? How did he get put there? Is he going to be affected? You know, that's why I personally really liked it. So, I don't know. Those things all contributed. And, like, as the seasons went on, more mysteries kind of developed. And it kind of added that, like, all the points I just mentioned, I think, got increased in seasons. Like, the universe building got bigger. The mysteries got bigger. You got deeper into the characters. So, I don't know. That's why I like it personally. Uh, yeah, no, the initial sell of like, what was going on with the dimensions? I was just like, all right, monster alternate dimension, but that's not it. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I don't want to spend more time on it. <laughs> I'd rather rewatch community. You should rewatch dark. Dude, that's the easiest show to rewatch for me. I'm just going to yeah. every two seconds do a dark plug. <laughs> I'm going to just rewatch community. Actually, the more yeah. I think about it, the more I'm just going to rewatch community. <laughs> Yeah, Community is uh, it is very rewatchable, especially that episode they did the table read for. I thought that was a good choice, especially since uh, Pierce couldn't be there. <laughs> I think those are the real reason. <laughs> All Probably. right, what's your uh, next thing? All right, next thing. So I actually, <laughs> funny enough, meant to put this as my first choice, but since we're still talking about TV, I'll do it right now. Um, so this is the actually what started the idea that actually really made me nervous to ever say this opinion, just because of how the public perceives it. <laughs> I'm like nervous to say it right now, but... Uh, <clears throat> Breaking Bad. <laughs> and you're probably going to be burned across. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's already happening. No, um, Breaking Bad. So and this is the show that really started it, that made me feel isolated from people because just that show has a hypnotic effect on people. Like people, I swear to God, they don't talk about it. it was a good show. Everyone says, I was, my breath was, I, it was like I, I just could they can't even form words they're just oh, this is one of the most amazing shows in the history of television nobody can just casually say yeah it was cool it's always like this is the holy shrine of tv and the grail of like epic writing and blah 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 and i want to preface one thing i think it's extremely well done i think that the acting is great brian cranston is at his best there like you know doing intense acting the characters are well done but the thing is, I just didn't feel at, at like the things that people were saying. Like some people were saying, like they were hooked by the first episode. The first episode, I'm like, this kind of slow. And just there's so many like tense, slow dinners where there's no talking, and like uh, Skyler just looks really pissed off, and her Walter bickering about him wanting to be a drug lord and her not being about it, you know, type of thing. And uh, I don't know, I just didn't feel like the. The craziness, like, I, I will say the last episode's really fucking good, but there's just so many tense, dramatic silences, and it's just, it's kind of, it, it just bored me sometimes, and just the, just the fact that people, like, always, like, worship it on this pedestal, like, I just couldn't relate, I don't know, what do you think, do you like Breaking Bad? Have you I'm gonna get into it, the, um, okay, so, I remember my, uh, my, my, housemate walked in because his professor recommended it because it was just basically like this crazy um drugged up chem professor and why science is cool kind of thing mm -hmm. and i was like all right cool whatever you who was trying to sell us on it we we're just like this is kind of weird we never got into it after that right we never talked about it again mm -hmm. and then it became like this global phenomenon that it, it drew so much attention by others and i'm like all right cool whatever i don't care enough right i have my own tv shows um so I never got into Breaking Bad, actually. Okay, so I guess <laughs> that's the uh, one vote in the unpopular opinion favor that I have right now. Because well, wait, how much of it did you watch? Like one episode. Mm, okay, well, some people would say that they were hooked by the first episode. So you saw the entire first episode? Yeah, I saw the entire first episode. And I was like, oh, that was interesting. I'm going to go back with it to my life now. <laughs> you had no like thought of like, I need to watch the second episode or keep watching this though, right? Not really, no. Yeah. I love Brian Cranston too. Funny fa fun fact, he was in a Disney Channel original movie when I was a kid and I remember thinking, I like that guy. I never thought he would be like the biggest dramatic I mean, knock in the middle. Huh? Yeah, Malcolm yeah. in the middle too. Did you ever watch Disney Channel movies as a kid? He was in um You Wish. No, not that one. Fuck, it was a Christmas movie. Yes, moving on. <laughs> he was like the uh he was uh like the uncle who was like kind of a schlub and like, I don't know. He was in a Santa suit. I remember that. So I'm a hipster who knew Brian Cranston before Malcolm in the Middle or Breaking Bad. <coughs> Good for you. Gold yeah. star. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Breaking Bad. That's my answer. I think it, overall, I think it's good, but I just don't get the hype and people like worship it on a level. I just feel I can't relate to like it almost like I remember 
<laughs> me and my best friend at SantaCon one year got in this like screaming match because he like worse. He's always he's very open minded and cool with things for the most part, but Breaking Bad is one example of something he will not budge on. He just like gets like at like visibly agitated if like he sees anyone like saying Breaking Bad's overrated. He's it's just like that effect it has on people. I just don't get it. Ugh. You just don't understand, Vince. Clearly, you don't either, because we're <laughs> on the same page. I don't page. care enough. <laughs> That's fair. Well, you didn't. I don't know. Some people would say that if you're not hooked by the first episode, they would be aghast. You know. Uh, oh, well, all right. My next topic. <laughs> um, iPhones and Apple, Apple products. Um, I don't like every time when I use an Android phone and I've sent a text message and I, people always make the same joke. It's the same joke pretty much for 10 years now. Like, Oh, he's a pleb. He's he has a green like text message pop up on my iPhone. And they're like, why don't you get an iPhone? So I don't have to deal with your green text. And I'm like, haha, cool. Whatever before like 10, a decade ago. And now it's like 10 years fast forward. Now I'm just like, are we still making the same joke? No one cares. Like no one actually cares anymore. But that's the thing. I think some people do care and it drives me insane too. That's why I lose my shit about that too. Cause you, yeah. so you, you, you've never had an iPhone. I never have. And then when people are telling me like, it's super convenient, it's super easy to use. You should get it. Why aren't you using it? If you like technology so much. Yeah. People then, also leave out the phone plans are usually like 60 fucking dollars a month for the cheapest you can get on an iPhone too. But not only that, but then when people tell me it's like, it's easy to use, and I'm like, give me an iPhone, I'll prove you that I don't know how to use it. Why? Because your user interface is completely different. And so one example that people are like, why don't you just, if you swipe up on your iPhone, it opens the phone. And I'm like, okay, I swipe up and it brings up to the notifications page. But people fail to recognize that there's two different ways of swiping up on iPhone versus Android where swipe up unlocks the phone. So mm -hmm. for an iPhone, you have to you have to go all the way to the very bottom of the phone and then swipe up. Whereas like you swipe up anywhere, it, it takes you somewhere different. And so whenever I do that, I'm like, I don't know what to do. You said swipe up. People are like, are you dumb? No, I don't use this. And your instructions weren't clear enough <laughs> because you really don't know that there's two features to this. Damn, call him out, Jock. Fucking and, give it to him. And, and first time I got <laughs> first time I got a Mac was to learn a new product or new a product exclusively only on Macs. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll get a Mac for that. And it's actually the program that I was using this morning. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. And when people, I have a few friends that are major Mac, like drink the Kool-Aid thing. And they yeah, were nice. like, oh my gosh, do you like your new Mac? Are you like a changed man? What do you think? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to run over with my car. <laughs> wow. They're like, yeah. what? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, no, I hated it so much. I really want to run it over with my car, except I spent $900 on a used one. Damn, really? That was the yeah. cheapest you could possibly find? Uh, it was the cheapest one that my friend found it for me, and I trusted his decision, and I kind of just <laughs> went blindly with it, but whatever. Uh, okay. Sounded like laziness took over there. <laughs> because I didn't know enough about Max to like, or whatever. Just I just need something so I can run this program, something that will last me a while. And I'll admit that it's lasting me a while, and it probably will last me another few more years easily. But when people bring up the whole of that conversation, I'm like, just shut up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So a few thoughts there. So I totally agree that like Apple has this cult of people who just like worship their products and Steve Jobs have them, have them on a holy grail. When side note, Steve Jobs, when you really look at his history, like, wasn't he just like, just thinking of these ideas and then like having other people do them? Like, like any, couldn't anyone just be, I want to have this happen. I want to have this happen. And then just like have a fucking team of people actually have to like spend sleepless nights doing it. Like I know Bill Burr has a bit about this and I'm kind of copying what he said, but I think it's legitimately true. I don't know. No, so that is Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is a kind of person that I'll admit that he's a visionary. He had a great idea. He's the first person that effectively, implemented the uh, smartphone i'm not sure if he's the first one to invent it but he's the first one to successfully implement it yeah i'll say that i'll say that he's a good businessman and he knew how to run a company because he started apple got kicked out invited back again saved it became this lucrative business and now i have stocks in it um but is he a brilliant inventor no is he an innovator yes is he a good businessman 
absolutely because he did exactly what you just said he knew who to talk to how to persuade them and get them to do what he wanted to do yeah to make his dream and that's pretty much him no but yeah so i agree he is smart from that stance but at the same time like the people that respect him it's like you're respecting somebody who just had these ideas and made other people work for i don't know it's some i think he's overhyped in that regard another thought i will admit that uh my last job actually kind of like turned me on a bit toward uh more towards apple just because all the shortcuts all the shortcuts are nice i have a fucking toshiba laptop thing sucks we'll never buy another toshiba thing again i'm kind of just using it just because i have it and we'll like use it till it's done but uh goddamn i miss some of the shortcuts that you can do on a mac um and uh i'm weird also phone wise i have a samsung as like my phone phone but i also have an iTouch. i'm one of the last few people alive that has iTouches. but i did get some of that same shit from people like uh you work in tech why don't you just have an iphone like fuck you that shit costs hella money like maybe i don't need to spend six hundred dollars a month and maybe you shouldn't assume my financial situations you cunts so uh yeah <laughs> yeah and that's the funny thing is that like i have a friend that he's adamant about never switching iphone because like android phones because they're so different they come in so many different types it suits his needs better and at the end of the day some a lot of people actually every now and then will ask me hey what do you recommend since um you still use android would you ever recommend me a change and usually more often than not, i don't tell people to migrate out of iphone because i understand i actually understand the freaking purpose behind all this tech mm-hmm. and if you start out with one thing and you enjoy it, why change? Why yeah, exactly. try to change what works? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Whereas like if you adamantly say, yeah, I don't like my XYZ product, then yeah, sure. Make that change. I would recommend that. I would encourage you to do that. And so that's where like, I almost snapped out two of my closer friends the other day when they make that joke again. And I'm like, All right, I'm going to be candid with you guys. This triggers me. They're like, yeah, no, I'm just kidding, man. I don't really mean it. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> You were legitimately angry, like to the point where it was tense. Yeah, I went to go rant with my landlord. <laughs> wow, jeez, I don't know if I've ever gotten that far. Like, I have a like my friends from Santa Barbara. They're all into EDM and like, like hey, <laughs> a cultish mentality with that, and then they also have a cultish mentality of one day you'll get an iPhone. <laughs> and I gotta say, that makes me. If there was ever any possibility of me either liking EDM or buying an iPhone, that cultish behavior 1000% makes me guarantee it's never going to fucking happen. Just proving someone wrong when they insist that I'm going to do something. I don't know if you feel that way, but goddamn, that shit pisses me off. Oh, yeah, I know. It pisses me off so much. And so, which I might as well now allude to my next, you don't have any more points, right? Wait, what? You don't have any more points, right? I have like three. I was going to hodgepodge them. <laughs> oh. Wait, let's build up suspense. Because I was like, you started talking about EDM and I'm like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> All right, I'll finish mine and then we'll, we'll hodgepodge yours. Okay. All right. EDM. Okay. So I'm Asian. No and for you. some reason. Is that what you are? Huh? No, I'm Norwegian. Um, I knew it. Sorry. And for some reason, I understand why people identify with Boba Milk Tea as like a kind of a joke thing because, well, we literally started that piece of shit. <laughs> it's great. I like it. I'm probably going to get it tomorrow. But um, I kind of like it. Yeah. And like, all right, sure. We can identify that. Why? Because it literally started in our continent. <laughs> um, but right now, when you talk to a bunch of Asians, and even like on dating apps, a lot of Asian girls are like, you have to go raving with me. Or else it's like, it's not going to work. I love EDM music. It's like almost always on their profiles. And I'm just like, why did we identify with this? Why? This is Nor- Well, one, this is Norwegian too. And I've talked to many people and the only two the two things that i've come up with from talking to people and reading comments on the internet is people at raves don't judge you for who you are okay fine whatever and the other thing is that when i talk to my close friends and i ask them all right my taking drugs what's the appeal of it <laughs> and then they always say one thing afterwards you have to be there to understand and i'm like so do i need to take drugs and then they kind of pause they're like you don't have to but it helps yeah. And so I know oftentimes they try not to stereotype themselves as we're not a bunch of druggies, but I'm talking to my close friends and I'm trying to understand. And the only explanation that you're really alluding to is drugs. I mean, I have my own EDM playlist that I like. Mm-hmm. It has some Skrillex. It has some dead mouse. It has Wolfgang Gardner and stuff like that. Like old popular stuff. Than newer stuff, I guess. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when I try to understand this, I don't get it. And then I've even talked to somebody 
who like really wants to go rave wants to go raving, but he actually feels self conscious because, because okay, so he's on a little uh, heftier side, and so he said, yeah. Oftentimes you see girls who's always only wearing next to nothing with pasties, but also you see guys with either whether they're wearing tanks or like just shirtless, they're all ripped. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I feel self-conscious, even though they say that they don't judge, I'm just there. And I'm like, yeah, I can't help but feel self-conscious, even though you guys aren't like that. And when I ask him, does it feel like this EDM culture is very sexualized in that manner? He's like, yeah, it is. It really is. Wow. And so when they say, and so when I hear other people say, oh, no, no, we don't judge. I'm like, yeah, but other people feel otherwise. So you guys, at the end of the day, you're just there to have fun. I get it. But it's hard to not put an asterisk next to it. And a lot of people, like you said, when they're really into that, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm in a plural life. I'm into that whatever life. Hmm. Wow, that's an interesting perspective. I never thought of like a like not as fit person being insecure about that. But yeah, I think that is something you do see like a lot of like in, like stupidly shredded people like just showing it off and wearing their stupid beads and masks and whatever and uh, bright neon colors. But um, oh, funny thing. Sorry, one more thing. Let me add on. So like you know how I like mosh pits, right? Yeah. So I I've gone to like heavy metal concerts at the mosh pits and sometimes like I've seen one a major screamo one at a warp tour and people are flailing their arms and literally nobody was in mosh pits literally people just flailing their arms in their little corner I'm like all right that's not a mosh pit but then real mosh pit everyone's having fun right mm-hmm. and then so I've talked to some people who are EDM they're like you've never been to a real EDM mosh pit it's crazier than whatever you've been into oh bullshit fuck that no way <laughs> and then they describe it to me and I'll and they said, yeah, no, people are throwing punches. That's how crazy it is. And I'm like, in the rock scene, we call them dumbasses. Yeah, it doesn't because- it contradict that whole vibe of, like, peace and love and all the other EDM drink the Kool-Aid bullshit. Yeah, no, so I asked them about that. I'm like, so why did they do that? They just want to relieve stress. That's all EDM is about, uh, being yourself. And I'm like, yeah, but you're hurting somebody. I'm calling bullshit on that. I have not heard a single person say that about EDM. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, maybe they're listening to like the hardest Skrillex or whatever rage kind of EDM, but I have never heard that before. Yeah, so I asked them like, who the hell is doing, who's like moshing at an EDM concert? And they're like, oh, the, uh, the fuck boys are. And I'm like, I mean, of course they are. But the way you describe it, it's what we judge in the rock scene. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, that's unsafe. Like, we have mosh pits. Why? Because you can shove people around for fun. But the second somebody gets hurt, people stop. People try to protect that person, make sure that guy's up and up again. He's hurt. We call for help. The guy's not hurt. We throw him back in. Yeah, generally. That's how it goes. Yeah, but then the way they told me about it, and I was like, man, mosh pits are hardcore. And they're like, nah, you haven't been to a real one. I think the real ones are called, like, actual assault. But all right. I don't get you guys. Like every time when I try to understand it, there's always an equal amount of counter arguments. Yeah. I don't know. It's, from the people that are into it. Yeah. I mean, so like I said, I have a friend group in Santa Barbara and like going to UC Santa Barbara. Like I enjoyed my time there. God damn the music there. Ugh, so fucking terrible. Just because every house party for the most part is like some bullshit EDM. I should, I shouldn't say every, maybe like 80%. That's what it felt like. Um, but yeah, my friends, they're like, I hope they don't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to hear this. Annoyingly passionate about it. Like, uh, I just have, like, I try not to be a smug person or condescending, but I, I'll, I'll admit I might come across that way with this music because just their reasons, like, they're so into it. Like, uh, like for example, like, we were recently going to have, like, a FaceTime kind of session between a group of friends. One friend's in this group's excuse why she couldn't go was because fucking EDC was happening and she had to use the VR sunglasses to watch a fucking DJ basically press buttons on a video screen. As if you couldn't do that any fucking place else at any other time. Like, and, like and she's just that into it. And like, like when people talk about the reasons, other reasons I hear like, oh, it's not about the music. It's about the transitions, man. So it's like, so it's like, hey, let's just rip people off and then let's just make really good transitions and then call it what, I'll call it our music and it's all good. And like, I get there are also people who like make their own unique music. It's not just people who do like mashups and transitions in there. There are people who are talented DJs. I don't want to discredit from them at all, 
But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's like, it's, it's, it's no life. I mean, it's a typical argument. Oh, we should have. do a whole deep dive on this. <laughs> it's like people like, you know, with a rock, I mean, it, this is a very old argument that's already been known, but like people at a rock show, jazz show, blue show, country show, even they're playing legit instruments. You're hearing the fuck ups. You're hearing the perfections. You're hearing the soul. You're in the personality EDM. I don't think you get that as much. It's just literally just people. A lot of times they are drugged out. And a lot of times it's, it's really just people pushing buttons and like fucking what's his face? Uh, uh, Geta, David Geta. Like he was accused of like sampling or, um, uh, the, whatever the equivalent of lip syncing is for using like an EDM concert. He basically was accused of that. And it's like, is that even lip syncing at that point or like backtracking? Cause all you're doing by default is just pressing buttons and whatnot. And a lot of people say it's like, Oh, it's the vibe. It's like, it's just a good vibe. It's like, why don't you just go take ecstasy and sit it, home with somebody you like and listen to a song you like that's pretty much the same thing i don't know maybe i just don't get it but yeah it seems hacky and dumb to me too i 100 percent agree i feel like i'm the one person or one of the few people that can call out edm because i've been to a rave before granted it wasn't like a normal rave it was one where they threw paint kind of like a color run but okay i almost started a few fights because i was annoyed Wow, that bad, man. So when people told me, oh, I asked my friend who took me, I was like, so what's so great about raves and stuff? People would just dance there. Okay, cool. I can get into it. All right. Because like, like I said, I enjoy some medium. And then people were shoving me the entire time more than a rock concert, more than I've ever been shoved at any concert. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not having a good time. And then this one dude who's completely drugged out, right? Who's just <laughs> staring and stalking some girls. And I was like, Nice. I'm like 99% sure this <laughs> is not okay. Yeah, no, not and okay. And so like, I was like, hey, dude, you okay? You okay? And I just pushed him aside in the direction of like water. That's good. Did he fuck it, off after that? After a few times, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that is another thing. Like a lot of creepers could just like, just go on girls there. Because that's another thing. I think that is, if you're looking for one type of music where like most people probably hook up, I mean, maybe in the 80s it was rock and roll, but nowadays it seems like EDM is the place where people just hook up. Because I mean, if a lot of them are on drugs anyway, it's like if you're on ecstasy or Molly, aka the love drug, then you're going to be more like cuddly. And if you're drunk or whatever you're on, it's going to be more likely to happen. So that is another good point that a lot of creepers could just like, you know, kind of take advantage of that too but uh yeah, i mean i've already given my hardest effort to try to understand this and i still don't get it and i've been to a few raves too myself i mean oh damn okay small ones in sf not like i've never been to edc i keep having a friend who's like oh come on man we're gonna go to edc i'm like dude that is not gonna happen <laughs> like i'm not spending 500 dollars to go to vegas and waste my time listening to that bullshit music oh yeah, you're in the desert and you could get you could easily get dehydrated and all that good stuff yeah, exactly. I mean, if I'll go to Vegas for a music festival, like, but it has to be good music, not EDM. But anyways, wow. Yeah, this could be a whole nother episode. We should follow up on this later. <laughs> Maybe I'll invite my friend who likes EDM and we can get like her take. Oh my gosh, we're just going to make her cry. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty. Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we're going to make she's her pretty cry. feisty. She'll like defend that shit and say we're ignorant and dumb. So it'll be a good episode. All right, moving on. Wrap it up. All right. My last hodgepodge of topics. So I actually had like three or four more topics. So I'm just going to wrap them all up. So uh, <clears throat> I had one for stand-up comedy, one for music, and one for movies. So comedy, George Carlin. You never heard of him, right, Josh? Oh, no, I don't. I'm really like all the stuff that you're recommending, I've never really gotten into before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's good. We're, I mean, the fact that you do, haven't gotten into it means we're kind of agreeing on it, I guess. But yeah, George Carlin is uh, widely credited. If you look up any, like, if you Google top 10 stand-up comedians of all time right now, he will for sure be in the top three, albeit maybe not number one. It's usually him or Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is a dude I get. I think he is funny. I think he was really great for the time. George Carlin, everybody talks about him as like one, like number one or two for the greatest stand-up comedian. I just don't get it. And not that I like actively dislike the guy, but his stuff to me, like when I like, think of stand-up comedy, it needs to be from somebody who has a like goofy fun vibe to them that like makes me think, okay, I'm just going to like, even if they're not saying something funny, I'll be amused by what they're saying because they have a funny disposition. George Carlin to me could not be farther from that. At least the stuff I've seen, he's just, He's so he's it's it's almost like he's more political, like just saying like a political philosopher telling you how the world's ending and how we're all fucked as people. Like that's pretty much his stick for a lot of his career. That like 
like humans are dumb we're all gonna die like we we had so much potential and we fucked it all up that's pretty much what he says in different ways like he really hates on religion too so i know you probably just like that um he's kind of like bill maher in that sense like he was on bill maher's show a few times and you know this guy okay yeah i've seen him in memes okay yeah so he's he has some, I don't know, I, granted, I haven't heard a lot lot of his stuff. It was more towards the end of his career when he got really political. Maybe it's like back in the day you had to be there. Like comedy, you know, changes a lot with the times and maybe just back in the day what he did for comedy can't be um, downsized. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just listen to his stuff now and I've just never thought he was like a funny demeanor. Like like somebody like Bill Burr, like, like I said, my favorite comedian, like even when he's not saying something super funny, he just has a funny way of saying it. So it'll like make it work no matter what or an entertaining way but yeah george carlin i don't know he just seems like a political guy to me so i don't know um yeah moving forward music vampire weekend have you heard of them john <laughs> okay i have heard of them and i probably like one other t- song but that's about it okay so yeah same thing here vampire weekend they're good like they have some nice music it's not offensive but like if you look up any vampire weekend album on wikipedia or like the rating system like I always look up re- like reviews of music on Wikipedia just because they kind of like give a summary of like what people critics say of it. I swear to God, every Vampire Weekend they don't just say it's good reviews; they say received critical acclaim. Like it's always like the highest of possible reviews, and like the mu- like I said, their music's not offensive. I just don't get how like critics just like jerk off to it that much. I just don't understand why it's like so groundbreaking compared to everything else. Like it's again, it's not bad, but it's just. What's so like amazingly genius about it? I just don't understand. Um, I think I have a friend that I used to talk to in high school that was super into Vampire Weekend, and I was pretty indifferent to it. And I was just like, "All right, whatever." Yeah, I just I never think, cared. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, one hundred percent. Yeah, but I, I like I like some of their stuff too. I mean, like song like "This Life" or uh, uh, Wal- "Walcott" or uh, "Oxford Comma Holiday." Like those are all good songs. It's just when critics like react to it so goddamn like overwhelmingly positive i just don't get it and uh all right to round things off movies uh blade runner 2049 did you see that movie <laughs> i think blade runner has a hole <laughs> <laughs> i don't get it yeah okay so that's a good topic to end on because we both agree on it because i i actually haven't seen the first blade runner i only saw blade runner 2049 but yeah, I was, I don't know, maybe my expectations are fucked because I know it's a noir and it's supposed to be slower, but dude, that thing was just like, it was beautiful, beautifully shot cinematically, but like what happened? Like like three hours of just tense, dramatic silence pretty much, right? I never seen 2049. I just know I hated the first one, so I didn't bother giving the second one a shot. Like my friend asked me, hey, do you want to watch Blade Runner? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I thought the trade. You saw the trailers for twenty forty nine, right? I saw the honest. I saw the trailer. Yeah, it made it look cool. And I saw the honest trailers, and I'm like, "What is this mess?" Yeah, it so just I, looks I, like a mess. It like I thought it was. What lured me in was it like looked beautifully shot, and it looked like there was going to be this like it had, looked like it had a good amount of action. Like there's that scene with Dave Batista and uh, Ryan Gosling like tuffling it out, you know, type of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just I felt very like unfulfilled with like the actual action that happened. It just didn't seem that, uh, I don't know. Just nothing was that like intriguing. Like when eventually Harrison Ford's character, who was the star of the first one meets Ryan Gosling, it's supposed to be this like really satisfying moment, I guess, but it was just like, eh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. <laughs> the honest trailers. One comment was uh, the nerds were defending how it should be filmed. And it was filmed in exactly that way. But then like, it's still got terrible ratings. <laughs> how really? the... Wait, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Like there's some sure? type of thing that um, people were like arguing and defending about. And then like, it didn't like do well or something. Hmm. Maybe financially, maybe financially, because I think Rotten Tomatoes. I'm gonna look it up right now. I think it has yeah, pretty financially. Hard. I don't think it did well or something like that. And I just like died at that comment. <laughs> yeah, I, so critic wise, it has 87 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Don't fucking get it. Um, and then money wise, the budget was 150 to 185. What do you think box office was? Um, uh, 300 million. Uh, not too far off. Two hundred and sixty point five million. Isn't that profit? <laughs> that is profit, but then probably not what they're looking for. 
they're obviously probably looking for something a lot higher than just that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, Blade Runner is definitely one where it's just like, I don't understand why you people like it so damn much. Sometimes, you know, when you really break down a movie, the whole point is really just like being entertained, right? Yeah. So it it could be like you're entertained because you like a character. It could be because you like a performance. Could be literally just because you like one moment of the movie. So maybe like the only thing I can think is people just like the way it's shot and like they're entertained by just the cinematography, whereas the plot is lacking. Like that's the only thing I can think of, you know? I think for me is this is that at the end of the day, if you can say for certain that you like a movie purely because you like the movie, I will back off. And if you tell me that it is the greatest masterpiece and you should watch it and your life will be changed and I think completely otherwise, and you think I'm wrong, then I hope you get hit by a bus. But if I like you as a person already, then I hope you get hit by a bike. Do we want that bus shot to be fatal or uh, just like injury? If I don't like the person, fatal. <laughs> Jesus, John, aren't you a Christian, man? <laughs> Not a very kind gesture. This is why I am a Christian, because I know I'm imperfect, and I know <laughs> I need repentance. Otherwise, it would be a lot worse. Okay, fair enough. I'll dig it. Um... <laughs> Yeah. It probably would be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, I don't like there are some people who are like on their high horse and just like you don't understand how genius that movie is and what all these like thematic elements mean. I'm like, okay, do you really think that or are you just saying what critics say and you're just going along with it, you know? Yeah, they're just going along with it, really. Let's go let's let's be honest at this point. Yeah, that's what it seems like. But uh anyways, that's everything I had to say. <laughs> Anything yeah, else? That's pretty much me. All right, cool. So uh can't wait for all the hate mail we're gonna get for all these people. Breaking Bad, Blade Runner, EDM fans who are going to kill us now. <laughs> I feel like we should probably do an EDM episode next week. Yeah, we should. I'm actually curious about asking my friend to join us. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about, um, what you call it? I will plan it later. <laughs> I was like, wait, why are yeah. we planning this now? Yeah, why Anyways. are we planning it on air? <laughs> Anyways, enjoy, listeners. Uh, you may agree with our decisions. That's fine. This is a free country. You're entitled to your opinions. You may be wrong, but you're still entitled to your wrong opinions. With that said, bye. Wait, hold up. Oh, it's up. It's all recording. You're good. All right. If you have a wrong opinion, I just want you to know that Jaw wants you to get hit by a bus. With that said, bye. <laughs>